1: This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash podcast. If you give a $5 a month donation, uh, you can get access to ad-free versions of this show. So please do that. Thanks. Hello.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm very curious because on Twitter you teased this episode by saying you're going to tell me about the whitest thing you ever did, and I've been thinking about it for the past hour, (laughs) and my mind is racing with options.
2: Okay, uh, it's it's a compound thing, and I was embarrassed when I realized actually what was happening. Um, So this weekend I'm going to a wedding for the first time, and as you know, today, as of today, Illinois, quote unquote, opened back up, right, right. which I will say everywhere I went today, everyone was still in masks. So that, that's good. Yeah, it's it's good to know. But um, so I decided to get myself a manicure pedicure, which I haven't done in so many months like everybody else um, as a special treat. And I uh, realized as I was sitting in the pedicure chair, I was listening to a podcast. <clears throat> I was listening to Planet Money a podcast about finance and football players and whether or not they should be able to get paid. Uh Uh-huh. And then I realized I'm also wearing a Planet Money t-shirt... Which Dear is, they're God. both an NPR show, so, I don't know, listening to Planet Money, wearing pa- Planet Money swag, I think, um...
1: That's at least an eight out of ten. Yeah. Had you been holding, like, a latte while you do all this? Or,
2: like, a like a mimosa or something? Yes. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can always strive to be better and whiter, Hemet. You know that about <laughs> me. <laughs> Congratulations. Also, thank you so much. I'm really proud. Um, I called my parents. Um... The other thing is tonight at seven. uh, Tonight, Friday um, at seven Central. I'm going to be. This is so
1: not going (laughs) to (laughs) be. Oh no, it's not at
2: all. But I'm just giving. You're right, Hemet. You're right, and I'm wrong. Whenever you're listening to this, go to YouTube. Go to Truth Wanted. I'm going to be on live tonight, Friday. But I assume you can stream it forever on YouTube. Um, so I'm sure Hemant will do me the courtesy of putting a link in the notes to that. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, my last thing is I'm going to Denver first week in August and I might do a, like, Friendly Atheist podcast meetup. So, like, probably on the, whatever that Thursday is, like, August something, August, like, 6th, let's say. So, I'm... Maybe fifth or sixth, so yeah, I'm going to be doing that. I don't know my way around Denver that well, but I'm visiting some friends. So, those are all things I wanted to get out at the top of the show. Hemet, let's talk about white dudes fucking up.
1: Oh, good. That is the first story I had.
2: Man, I, <laughs> I was pretty lucky. Like, most of our stories are about problematic white dudes, but, like, I'm really no, proud that I landed specific. this.
1: <laughs> uh, okay, there was an article this week in Salon written by Phil Torres... Uh, who uh, has covered the new atheists for a while. He's been critical of them. He's a philosopher and author. He's written a bunch of stuff about it. Um, And I kind of agree with the gist of this article, but then it veers off track for me in a way that uh, we are very critical of some of those quote unquote new atheists. Dawkins being the primary example of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of issues with this. I'm, I don't want to spend the whole show on this article. I would suggest Thomas Smith, who does a podcast series, inquiries only, did an entire hour-long episode where he dissects this entire piece. Mm-hmm. I listened to it; it was excellent. Um, I would strongly urge you to check that out. Is but this
2: about how like the far right and new atheists are sort of merging together? Yeah. horseshoe theory. If so this you will? is.
1: Let me bring up just a few big okay. points here. Uh, The headline of the Salon piece is Godless Grifters, How the New Atheists Merged with the Far Right. Mm -hmm. Subtitle, What Once Seemed Like a Bracing Intellectual Movement Has Degenerated into a Pack of Abusive Small-Minded Bigots. Holds no bars there. uh, Pulls no punches. A couple issues. I I realize Phil may not have any uh, control over the headline or the image, and you gotta keep that in mind. Yeah. So Salon's trying to... Get their clicks. I think grifter okay. is
2: a very large word for what they were trying to Yeah, and the picture that they
1: included includes Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins, mm-hmm. and Steven Pinker.
2: Is that who that third guy was? Yeah. I didn't
1: recognize And again, it. here's the issue. Like, you don't have to love any of these guys. You sure. don't have to like any of these guys. I don't think any of them are grifters. I think they genuinely believe whatever it is uh, they believe. Yeah, grifter doesn't feel... They're not conning feel... you into... Like, if you like what Sam Harris says... You could donate to his stuff. I don't think that's
2: grifting. No, that's just, like I think Joe Rogan is an ass hat, but I don't think he's a grifter. I think right. he just if puts you, out a product that people like, and I hate those people.
1: Sure. <laughs> and that's not a grift. I think uh, right, when that's what someone I'm saying. Like,
2: it's like, not liking somebody is not the same thing right. as accusing them of being a grifter.
1: Uh, Jim Baker, the televangelist, on the other hand, who's grifter. selling, right, who's selling, like, I have a miracle gel. Peter Popoff. <laughs> yes. All when they're them. selling yeah. bullshit products. Okay, now we're talking about grifting. So, Godless grifters, uh, not a fair a- characterization a, yeah. of these guys.
2: And like you said, I do think it's important to note that, like, the writer very frequently does not have control over their own headline. Yes. So.
1: And, okay, other part of the headline, how the new atheist merged with the far right. I I think this requires defining what do you think are the qualifications for someone to be on the far right. Um, I mean, today anyway. Yeah,
2: today I think it ha- I think the right is is completely reactionary, so it's just being anti whatever the left is, right? So okay. it's anti gay rights, anti anti you know LGBTQ rights. Sure, at all. sure. It's are like they don't believe that it's like we can acknowledge that it's weird and not okay that like entire staffs are full of white men and like they are like, no, like anytime you dice, anytime you like even So bring anti-racial up waste, justice. They're anti-woke, anti-racial Anti- justice. <laughs>
1: anti-woke in big quotation marks. Right. Good luck trying to get them to define what all this stuff no, means. They don't know. I also think if you're going to say far right, you have to assume we're talking about either uh, like Trump cultists or like people who strongly support uh, the Republican Party and Donald Trump at this point, because I don't really know how you could be on the far right <laughs> while still being anti-Trump. And this is kind yeah. of the crux of what I want to criticize. Okay,
2: I, I understand what you mean. And I think that the the term far right is just too loaded at this point because we call it the far yeah. right because it's the right of the political spectrum. Yeah, But I think it's also worth noting that like Dawkins probably doesn't believe in Trump's politics. Right. But maybe aligns with, oh, we don't have to be so worried about making sure women are equally represented. I and just think it's... So it's
1: this is the nuance I want to talk about, because the article, Phil's article, actually does a really nice job of explaining many of the problematic things all mm-hmm. of these people have said. Those are three. There's about, I think, eight of them listed in the article. Okay.
0: Uh, and is he it doesn't, all white men?
1: Uh, I, I think there's one who's not... I can't remember. Book. But... They're all there. They're, it's just a series of links. It's like, he said this, he said this, he said this. It's like, okay, I can't say that didn't happen. Sure. These aren't Phil's opinions that just people disagree about. He's right. like, remember when he said that? And this is the evidence he's using to say they've merged with the far right, or at least the headline says that. But the fact is, Sam Harris, I think, on his podcast, has very been very critical of Trump mm-hmm. and did not vote for Trump. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong on that. Richard Dawkins, for all the shit we've given him, deservedly mm. so, did not like Trump and did would not vote for Trump. Right. He's a British citizen. He can't vote in our elections. Right? But it's like, he not wasn't- I'm
2: particularly concerned about, but yeah. <laughs> he did
1: not support Trump. I don't think Steven Pinker would have voted for Trump. Like, so first of all, if you're claiming these guys are far right, politically, that's just not true. None of these people are, as far as I can tell, by and large- mm-hmm anti-marriage equality, right. anti-civil rights. Now, Tr- Dawkins we've criticized because uh, he he belittles, dehumanizes trans people, their right. identities. Like, all right, I'll call you by your pronoun because I guess I will. Right. Like, and making ugh. a
2: thing about it.
1: Yeah, but he's not actively pushing for like anti-LGBTQ policies mm-hmm. like Christian uh, nationalists right. are. So, okay, they have all these people in this article um, Michael Shermer, who is a libertarian, who has published some shitty articles in his magazine, but also isn't exactly, like, parading around for Trump either. Well, okay,
2: I I think it's...
1: Shermer is, like, one of those anti-social justice warrior type of people. Also,
2: Shermer is a full-on D-bag. Like, I am not here to defend Michael Shermer. He was... he's, And I say that he has been rude to me personally before. (laughs) He would not remember it, and I, I don't expect him to. I don't think he's a particularly nice person. I, but, like, and I don't think his views align with mine at all, but, like, that doesn't make him a grifter. Like, right. I, I guess He's, I'm really
1: again, puzzled I, by we that have, term. Again, we have plenty of criticisms of these guys. This article has so many links. I mean, just to give you one example of one that I forgot happened, uh, in the paragraph, long paragraph, about Sam Harris, there is a quotation from an interview he gave a while back where he spoke about Ben Shapiro. I think they were doing debates on stage mm-hmm. for, for some program. But he said he's described Ben Shapiro as being, quote, committed to the rules of intellectual honesty and to the same principles of charity with regards to other people's positions. As in, I disagree with him, but at least he's intellectually honest. Which
2: I... <laughs> deeply in my soul (laughs) disagree with like that's the that's the entire problem with like the whole right-wing system is that they're so obsessed with arguing with each other they don't worry about being right (laughs) right like they think if i'm a better debater that means my side is right which like i guess is sort of how it is but like just because you yell me down doesn't mean I think you're right. It just means I think you're louder than me.
1: Yeah. I mean, for anyone to suggest Ben Shapiro's intellectually honest means you haven't listened to anything he said.
2: Or you don't know what intellectual honesty means. <laughs> yeah. <made.
1: laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff they published is, there's Lawrence Krauss on the list. There's Michael Shermer on the list. Mm. I think Thomas uh, put it well when he's like, look, some of these guys are like sex pests. Yes. S- sex pests. To put it lightly, yeah, sure. depending on the range of accusations against them. But again, that's different from being a grifter. That's different from saying they are on the right uh, wing spectrum. I don't think any of them who could have voted voted for Trump. Uh, The only one on the list who I think is openly pro-Trump, who I think fits the bill, is James uh, James Lindsay, who we talked about as someone who promotes like anti-woke, anti-critical race theory or whatever he thinks that means, who the Southern Baptists have glommed onto as like, look, it's not just us saying this. Right. It's an atheist saying this. I think he's a Trump supporter. Dave Silverman is on this list who did not vote for Trump. Right. But voted for some third party because he thinks that... And he's a sex (laughs) pest. And goes to CPAC to recruit people for the new right-wing organization where their president did vote for Trump. I mean... Again, there's well, some there's nuance people there. people
2: who have been on this show. Peter... Uh, if, uh, what's his last name? Boghossian. Yeah, yeah, he's been on our show. And I, I don't know I how he
1: him. votes, but yeah, like if you want to talk about why they are uh, embarrassments, if you want to talk about why their views are shitty and mm-hmm. why their different beliefs are just indefensible for someone who claims to be a critical thinker, there's so much you could say about all of these guys... Yeah. Um, to call them grifters, unfair. To call them right-wing it really requires a definition of right-wing that this article doesn't really get into. I think he's
2: using right-wing as slang for, like, just anti-social justice, right? Like, doesn't that feel like That is what it feels
1: like. It sounds like these are things, like, the Fox News crowd would get pumped up about. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you're attacking feminists. You're questioning the identity of trans people. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, some of them are definitely guilty of doing those things. They would be at home in a crowd full of Trump supporters when it comes to those issues. Right. That's about (laughs) as far as it goes. I just, again, Phil's article was one of those, man, I want to click on all these links because there's so much bullshit here. There's a
2: lot linked here.
1: Uh, But the headline doesn't help. The picture definitely doesn't help. But I get why they did it Mm because no one's clicking on a picture of these guys who you couldn't picture in a lineup. Of course. Um, but you would know Richard Dawkins and Pinker or whatever. So, so there was that article that got a lot of pushback—not uh, pushback. It got a lot of play online for obvious reasons. But again, if you want to criticize them, there's plenty of ammo there, right? Just not for being like right wing Trump supporters. Yeah, I, guess. I mean,
2: I think the I think this is all. Balled into the same thing with how Ellen and George Bush were friends or whatever. Like at some point, if you are wealthy and white and male and influential and you know have a blue check mark next to your name or whatever, and are treated you know with the reverence thereof, you're gonna put your own bullshit over the good of whatever movement you think that you're that you're participating in. They're gonna look out for their own, and if that means huddling up with other white dudes and saying, as Sam Harris said, that black people are probably not as intelligent or how Shermer apparently like, yeah, fantasizes about murdering people. Like, if listen. you're looking
1: for people who talk about like, well, we ought to look at the science of IQ tests. Mm-hmm. And what does that say about race? Like there's a place for you on Harris's podcast, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, if, Whether or not he agrees with it necessarily, I don't want to put words in his mouth because I don't listen to it. So... But he does invite those people on. He does support it, Yeah, their, I mean, he's lifting up their voices.
2: It's, I don't know, it's, it's all bad. And one I other think thing...
1: It, go ahead. Uh, uh, one other thing to point out, though. The reason I'm troubled by these guys having these bad views, regardless of how you want to characterize them, mm-hmm. is because they are well-known enough, some of them anyway, are well-known enough that if a, a reporter says, I need an atheist to talk to for an article I'm writing they're going to jump to these guys because they are known as atheists. Mm -hmm. That's their branding, whether they like it or not. And that's the thing that bothers me. It's, look, we're not a monolith. There's no organization that Mm -hmm. houses all of us in the way that many Christians might. Uh, You could, like, if you're a Catholic, guess what? There's a hierarchy there. There isn't one with us. So, like, I have no control over these people. No one's going to stop them from believing shitty things. Yeah. But the thing that bothers me is if these guys are the ones that come to your mind, when you think of atheists, there's so many better examples out there of people who not only are more thoughtful speakers, but also represent atheists by and large. Just let me throw out some numbers here. If the accusation is like these new atheists or these people who are argumentative, unapologetic atheists, if, they're, if the implication is they're drifting to the right, mm-hmm. the polls do not bear that out. Just to give you some numbers here, um, this is according to the Pew Research Center. Mm-hmm. If you look at just atheists, not even the nuns, just atheists, 87% support abortion rights. Mm-hmm. 92% support same-sex marriage. 69% are Democrats. Mm-hmm. And that's not even getting into independents. That's from a 2014 yeah. survey, by the way. You have to think those numbers have all gone up since then. And that's not even getting into the age differentiations because younger atheists, I would guess, are even more liberal Mm -hmm. in a lot of this stuff. And I believe, I know it's been hard to figure out how did people vote in 2020 because there were so many by mail, so many irregularities Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of trying to figure out how did everyone vote because you can't just ask them at at the polling station. I think atheists, by initial measures, voted for Joe Biden in larger percentages than white evangelicals voted for Donald Trump. There are more of them, Mm -hmm. white evangelicals, than atheists, Mm -hmm. raw numbers-wise, but percentage-wise, we are stronger in the camp for Democrats than they are for Republicans. So this notion that these guys and their right-wing views, whatever they may be, Represent atheists by and large is just not accurate. Mm-hmm. And I know there are some people who are like, atheists, look at this thing that these atheists believe. That's it's unfair. Right. Because most of us as a group do not hold the views these guys with their platforms have. I right. just that's the thing. I don't want to be defined by what these guys think about a lot of issues.
2: How long do you think until we get out from under the the shadow of the te- the stereotype that all atheists are smarmy white guys who are condescending and it
1: depends who's doing the talking. Here's, here's the problem with that. It would change once you started seeing more atheists on mm-hmm. TV speaking about that topic, being quoted in the media talking about that topic. But here's the thing: there's if you're looking at religion reporting these days, mm-hmm. they're really. I mean, and I, I speak as someone who covers this stuff. There isn't a lot of reporting that involves atheists specifically. Maybe a group does something, fights a lawsuit, whatever. But as far as sociologically, what do atheists think about these things? Is there a rise in atheism? Those stories do not appear. They do not show up in the paper. It's just not interesting or sexy if you're a journalist. If you included more of those voices, that's one way it would change but there's just, no one's talking about it like we did a decade ago, which right. makes it really hard to get out from under that shadow.
2: Right. Yeah. And I don't see us, I think this is just going to be something we're, we're going to have to carry around with us for as long as our shit is necessary. You if know you I mean? look
1: at YouTube and the atheists who are doing stuff on it regularly mm-hmm. and have platforms, um, like I think if you go a decade ago, maybe there's a couple of people who have larger platforms and they all fit that profile mm-hmm. of the Dawkins, Harris, whatever. I think if you look now at who's getting views, what videos are out there, it's way more diverse, way more liberal. They're just not getting attention outside mm-hmm. that bubble. Mm-hmm. I think you could, I'm guessing, you could probably say that about podcasts too, only because that universe keeps expanding right sure. now. Um, blogging is the opposite because there are fewer of those. Right. But again, it depends. Who's doing the looking? Who's doing the talking about this stuff? Mm-hmm. Atheism as a, as a subject doesn't get covered. And without that opportunity, it's really hard to get any other voices out Mm
2: -hmm. there. And it's fair. Like, there isn't as much interesting conversation about, like, whether atheists are moral or whether they exist or whatever. Like, we've kind of gotten over that particular hump of society. And so, yeah, at this point, what am I... (laughs) Why would somebody talk to an atheist on the news? Like, it's... We're not... We don't have an especially interesting viewpoint right now. Right. We're just leftist I think
1: the biggest thing maybe in the next year or so is the fact that there's i'm starting to see more politically active groups mm-hmm. and so whenever there is an election coming up you're gonna see some articles about how atheists are voting especially as the number of non-religious americans grows sure you're gonna see more of that and that's one opportunity that we're mm-hmm. talking about but it doesn't happen nearly as much as it did like several years ago when those articles would be out there all the time because it's fascinating and there are more journalists out there. But again, these are the guys that we're talking about who tended to be quoted. Right. Uh, Anyway. Uh, Let me bring up one more thing that is uh, political kind of related. There was a high school in Fairfax, Virginia, Justice High School. And on Monday morning this week, they had their graduation ceremony outdoors, I think on the football field.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And their senior class president kind of served as the MC at the beginning, just saying we're going to have the color guard or the whatever flag people do their thing. We'll have the national anthem and mm-hmm. the pledge. She's the one who delivered the pledge. And when she said the pledge, she said... Uh, One nation under Allah with liberty and justice for all. (laughs) And everyone just kind of went on with it. They clapped. They moved on.
2: Can you tell me anything about the demographics of this? Like, is there a large Muslim population that would expect, not expect it, but... No idea. Um,
1: She... Struck me as a black woman. Okay. I don't. I assume she's Muslim, then, but I don't sure. know much else about her. I tried looking it up. I couldn't find much about her, which is yeah, you
2: can't find a child's religion. I can't which believe is it. Good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing: like, if you're listening to that, you might think, "Well, okay, Allah means God, so it's not that weird." Sure. Um, and whatever. Let's move on to the graduation because I want to hear my kid's name being called on stage. That's the reaction everyone probably should have had. Right. There is a conservative. Uh, news outlet I use news in big quotation uh, fingers called Newsmax which is like to the right of Fox News Fox News is too liberal for them uh, Newsmax covered this uh, this week and wouldn't stop talking about it for a while they had a panel discussion over what this girl said at the ceremony that involved two anchors and three panelists Um, because this is the biggest news of the day
2: I really had to dissect that one <laughs> word huh
1: yeah uh among the <laughs> they things look they in a said dictionary.
2: Oh, it's the same thing as God. Okay. All right. <laughs>
0: the
1: panelists said it was an absolute disgrace, un-American, mm. unpatriotic. They somehow blamed it on Joe Biden. I'm still not sure how they got away with that one.
2: It's um, impressive.
1: Yeah. My there was a Republican strategist named Amanda Mackey who said, "Hey, the pledge has included the phrase under God since 1942."
2: Not that long ago, though. And
1: that's not even true. It was 1954. I was going to say, I thought it was later about? than that. And then she said that student should be stripped of her diploma.
2: What? <laughs> the class president? Yeah. Uh, um, and another you one. said she's a black woman. That's so weird that the they're student, really yeah. mad about yes. this, uh, this black and woman And Muslim, speaking apparently. Out. Yeah. Uh,
1: another GOP strategist, Mark Vargas, said she should spend a year in the military because people like me who were in combat know better which neglects the fact that there are so wait, many atheists in the military. Wait,
2: say that sentence again he wanted to wanted her me?
1: to spend a year in the military as punishment for what she did, because only if she's, like, in combat would she understand that you have to be forced at public school to give a prayer under God.
2: Is he wanting her to be killed in war and that's her punishment. Just fight. But what about war makes somebody less Muslim and more generic Christian? I I don't know, but it
1: would apparently make them more, uh, in, un, unable to understand how the First Amendment works and free speech and the fact that mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm, have to be mm-hmm, forced mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. say the Pledge of Allegiance mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. show your patriotism... Sure. Patriotism only counts if you're forced to say that you love the country. Mm-hmm. It's why when you wake up, you have to say, you know, renew your wedding vows every morning <laughs> when you get up. Because otherwise, like, what are we to think?
2: Well, and also... Uh... The thing is that we have to remember is that only Americans, um, they can only believe in God, and it has to be a capital G. Yes. And you definitely can't personalize a pledge that you're making toward your country with something that's more meaningful to you than a generic God term. And it, like, say you wanted to really drive home that this is your country and this is your religion and they mean a lot to you. Maybe you would... Mention your God at your graduation, and that is just a sign of spirituality and fidelity. Um, but other than that, yeah, this girl should definitely lose her diploma. Yeah, what was
1: <laughs> hilarious is there are Christians who will I, I, in big quote hands again, they'll hijack their speech I at would graduation. Ever know him and
2: never does the big quote hands when he says I'm big thinking quote it. hands.
1: Um, They will use their graduation (laughs) speech to talk about their faith. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes gets controversial. Mm -hmm. And the issue is like, well, did the school know you were going to say this? If they did not know you were going to say this, yeah, it's probably legal. No one's going to fight you on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But these same people love it when kids use their platform. They're the class president, valedictorian. They use their opportunity to spread the word of Jesus. Mm -hmm. This girl used her opportunity, without the school's approval, by the way, To to say Under Allah, and they're like, what? How dare you not stick to the script? Right. Um, One other panelist, Melanie Collette, Said she had to. She should have stuck to the script because, quote, we don't include our own God in the pledge.
2: You do, ma'am. Yeah, exactly. you're a Christian. <laughs> what are you it's your about? God we're
1: talking about. That's because exactly. because we, we
2: don't say one nation under Jesus. Is that what she's saying?
1: I think you have to stick to the script because that God represents everybody unless you're not Christian, in which case it totally doesn't. Mm. And then there was one voice of reason on the panel. I'm just kidding. This is Newsmax. Oh, God no, damn it! I was so anybody. excited. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh
2: yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Do you wanna to go to an ad? Yes.
2: Let's go to an ad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um I end up doing a lot of research and writing for this show and for my website from a lot of public places and I use a lot of public Wi Fi, which is not good if I need to like check a bank account or because I don't want anyone tracking the websites I'm visiting or something. And sometimes incognito want the mode. FBI to call. <laughs> I know. Uh, when I'm looking for a kid's religion somewhere. <laughs> And sometimes incognito mode like isn't enough. That hides the cookies. It doesn't hide where you've been since internet service providers could totally see every single website mm-hmm. you visited. And that's what ExpressVPN is for. It's a virtual private network. I've used it. It works great. ExpressVPN is an app that basically reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. Mm-hmm. It encrypts your data, hides in the background. It works on all your devices. Yep. I've had no problem with it since I started using it. And if you go to expressvpn.com slash friendlyatheist, you can get an extra three months free on any one year package. That's EXPRESS, ExpressVPN.com slash friendlyatheist, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you. Do you want to talk about denominations?
2: Denominations?
1: Denominations. They're on the like
2: monetary denominations.
1: Close. Okay. Religious denominations. Uh, it's an interesting story because you know this week the Southern Baptist Convention is gathering for their annual meeting, and it's going to be a divisive they? one because they're they're trying to figure out how to address their racism, and there's a lot of people who are like, let's never discuss it, <laughs> and a lot of. Black pastors who are like, if you guys don't fix this and address our history as Mm -hmm. a denomination, we're all leaving. And they got to decide how much that matters to them. And they're dealing with sex abuse problems.
2: Can I... It's not
1: going to get better, by the way. No, it's
2: not. Can I get a high-level view of why it matters to the Southern Baptists to stay together? Because they're not... We've said before, like... They're not really a voting block, right? Like, white Baptists are black. White evangelicals certainly
1: vote in similar ways. Southern Baptists, which includes a lot of those people, Mm -hmm. um, are very similar. Uh, Not a monolith. They don't have a king. They don't have a pope. Like, but they do vote in very similar ways. And when you can say we are doing this as a group,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: this is the largest Protestant denomination in the country Mm -hmm. that has pull okay so it matters who's leading that organization and
2: what kind of i'm so sorry this is really naive but like are they talking political pull like they they get in front of more more politicians because of who they are
1: if you could say look as a southern baptist denomination we oppose marriage equality and republicans who Mm -hmm. we might typically vote for you better get on board with it sure or i mean again they can always find a, a legal way to tell their people not to vote for certain right. people. Um, so the point is, I'm not, I'm not even talking about their convention, because sure. we'll learn more about that in the coming week. But Christianity Today did a re- uh, published an article. It was about a recent survey done by Lifeway Research. Lifeway Research is an arm of the Southern Baptist Convention. Okay. Like it's one of their in-house groups. Mm-hmm. They did a survey where they asked a bunch of Protestant pastors A bunch of questions, and Mm -hmm. one of them was, how important is it for someone to say, you know, I'm a Southern Baptist, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm I'm whatever brand of Christianity you want. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that 63% of Protestant pastors believe that the importance of identifying with a Christian denomination will diminish over the next decade. Basically, 10 years from now... A lot more people are, even if they're Christian, they're just going to be like, "Yeah, I, I'm a Christian. No specific type. I'm not
2: Lutheran. I'm not. Yeah, yeah I'm just Christian. I
1: follow Jesus. I don't belong to any particular type." Uh, younger pastors actually disagreed. That was surprising to me. Younger pastors think denominations will matter. Here's from the article: More than when six- you say younger yeah.
2: pastors. Do you have an age range? I
1: think under thirty.
2: Oh, okay, so really um, younger. Okay, yeah. I was maybe thinking like even
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Around a third of pastors disagreed with that thing. Young pastors... Oh, here we go. 18 to 44 is their young pastor's demographic. Are the least likely to say identifying with a denomination will diminish? 54% of them, Hmm. 44 years younger, said, no, they're probably not going to diminish. Um, So maybe that makes a difference in the future. Here's why this matters. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, For us, for people like us who want to know about political trends, Uh about religious trends it matters very much how we divvy up Christians. Like, I have a big Mm -hmm. problem when I hear atheists say things like, um, Christianity is harmful. Mm -hmm. Islam is harmful. Like, it's It's not that simplistic. Yeah. Yeah. It depends who we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to politics, for example, there is a world of difference between white evangelicals and the white matters... In this case, Mm -hmm. white evangelicals who overwhelmingly back the Republican Party, support their uh, nominees, support their policies and like Episcopalians who are relatively very liberal Mm -hmm. on all of this stuff. Lutherans are very liberal on a lot of this stuff, like Methodists are really liberal. It depends. It's a nice way to be able to categorize them because the way these different denominations function Mm -hmm. tells you how much harm they're going to cause, how they think about social issues. A lot of progressive Christians who okay, fine, I think they're wrong about the God thing. Mm -hmm. But on everything else, we pretty much agree. When it comes to values, we agree. Yeah, and when you
2: get to that point, I do not care about the God thing. Yeah,
1: again, we've talked about this. It's low-hanging fruit at that point to to fight about Mm -hmm. the God thing because there are bigger problems in our country. A lot of atheist organizations, like the Secular Coalition for America, will do a lot of joint work Mm -hmm. with progressive religious groups because they share common values about religious freedom and what the government's role ought to be in there. Mm -hmm. And the reason they're able to do that is because you have these strong denominations that can like, credibly say, we speak for all of these hundreds of thousands, maybe millions Mm -hmm. of Christians who feel this way. We represent them. We think church and state ought to be separate. Mm -hmm. You can work with those groups, even if you disagree on the theology side. And this is the fear of losing that denomination status because if you have Christians who might be progressive Mm -hmm. but who say, you know what, I'm not a Methodist, I'm not an Episcopalian, whatever.
2: I'm spiritual. (laughs) Yeah, I'm spiritual.
1: Like, I'll roll my eyes. But, like, it's, I mean, fine. It doesn't bother me one way or another, but it does make it a lot harder to categorize the different types of harm Mm -hmm. or help that different religious denominations could be, okay, and that's the hard thing for me. It's like losing those denominations makes it much harder to categorize. Like which type of Christianity is harmful? It's actually
2: the bad one. The bad ones. <laughs> there are
1: certain groups that cause more harm and do uh, a more a bigger disservice to this country, right? And it helps to be able to say, listen, I'm not talking about you, Presbyterians. I'm talking about that mega church that preaches this brand of mm-hmm. evangelical Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, black Protestant churches, by and large, are really good about social issues. They are out there protesting they're marching and they're activist in their religious practice. Mm-hmm. That's why it's unfair to say all evangelicals or who believe, you know, born again, Christ is coming back soon, don't divvy them up that way right but white evangelicals actually mean something so this is this is what you could lose if you lose that denomination thing Mm -hmm. and a lot of pastors seem to think that's where things are heading Hmm. because a lot of people are like southern baptists like no too many problems i cannot call myself a southern baptist no matter where i go to church and so i'm just not going to they whether that means they're taking off the membership roles is another question but it's,
2: Interesting. it's
1: really hard when you have a lot of different types. It's the same. Like, you're an atheist. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not like Dawkins. Right. And I don't follow the Bogosian James Lindsay crazy mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. So don't lump me in with them. Sure. And it's hard to do because we don't do denominations. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, like, it's very easy for the outside world to lump us all together. Oh, you're all like new atheists or something. Like, right. No, we're not. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> if you lose that in Christianity it becomes a lot harder to you you almost have to paint I wonder more if they
2: become more monolithic if they I just honestly like maybe it will like capital M matter less but I can't imagine all of a sudden well, I, I was going to say the church by us is going to go generic, but I don't know what kind of church it is. What's that big ass church on fi- on Route fifty three, right I or fifty nine? No rather, which one
0: you're talking
2: about. no, it's between you and me. I'm
1: sure it's Calvary something. It something.
2: is. What one is that one? I don't know. Oh, I took I donated blood there once, <laughs> so I guess my point of view is they're all kind of the same to me, so I don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a joke. They probably are different. <laughs> I just don't know or care. Um, speaking of. I don't know what we are just talking about, but can I talk about a thing? Yeah. Am I good at segues or? Do it, do it. Okay. Okay. So, um, a new poll just came out from Gallup and, uh, and it was about, uh, supporting same sex marriage. So essentially the headline is, it is more popular than ever, more Americans support it than ever. Um, it's at 70% among all Americans, which is huge. We, As Americans can agree on very little. So the fact that 70%. Can you imagine going
1: back to like the 2008 elections when Prop 8 in California was trying to overturn that stuff Mm -hmm. and how divisive it was for Obama to say, I support it? later on and for the Supreme court obviously didn't get around to it till years later, but right. go back like a decade or so and say like, Nope, it's 70% not among Democrats, right. like among all Americans. Yeah. That I'm is look, wild. I'm
2: looking at a, a chart here. So it looks like 2009 it was at 40%. Yeah. Yeah. And so now 12 years later, yeah, it, it's been a, it's been a,
1: it's more a, than a doubled ride. since we were in high school. God, it's so insane.
2: wild. Um, so all that's to say is I, I think the, the big headline, so that's, that's the headline. The subhead is that now more than 50% of uh, registered Republicans support gay marriage at, I think fifty fifty five 55%, which yeah. is
1: 55% of Republicans. And
2: again, in, oh, say 2011, that was 28. So again, doubled in yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Um, I think there are a few things that are interesting about this. I want to know, just like broad strokes, do you think that there is a credible threat to gay marriage, or marriage equality, I should say, in this country? Like, do you think that this is a fight we're going to have to fight again? Or do you think... The
1: Same-sex fight- marriage? Yeah. Um, I don't think even this Supreme Court is going to like overturn mm-hmm. marriage equality. I don't think they're going to do that. But I do think the idea of... Can religious groups get away with discriminating against gay couples? Right. I mean, we're waiting for that Supreme Court decision as we say this. Right. The question's going to be, can the city of uh, Philadelphia, uh, God, I hope I have that right, <laughs> can, they, can they, do they have to give taxpayer money to a foster agency, an adoption agency that says, no, we don't work with gay couples. We'll refer them elsewhere, uh, but we're not going to work with them. Well, then the government shouldn't be funding a group like that. That's the sort of uh, fight about marriage equality we're going to have to deal with. Should mm-hmm. religious groups, businesses be allowed to discriminate? I think when you have more than half of Republicans saying, yeah, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. And I, what's the number for young people? It's, it's obviously much higher overall. Um, yeah. I don't think I saw young Republicans, like what their support is, but I have to imagine it's high too. When you have that much support, it's like, okay, they've lost that fight. That's why they've moved on to attacking trans people.
2: Eighteen to thirty-four is at eighty-four percent.
1: Overall. Overall. Yes. So seventy percent for the the whole country, but eighty four percent of people under thirty five. So it's big. Right. I don't think it's gonna get overturned. But and I think that also shows like what was the religious rights argument. Back when we were in high school, mm-hmm. back before 2008, before Obama got elected, what was the argument against same-sex marriage? It's that it was a slippery slope. Right. It's that it's going to ruin the institution of marriage. Basically, the sky's going to fall.
2: I mean, I'm, and was was same-sex marriage even a conversation when we were in high school? And you're a couple years older than me, but I feel unions, like it was civil least, unions, which were... Same
1: rights under the law, whatever right. you wanted to call it. Right. Um, but they were just like, you're going to force us to do marriages, same-sex marriages, in our churches. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, no, we're not going to do that. And it's like, you're going to ruin the institution. stupid insti- church,
2: dude. <laughs> you're going to do these.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're going to ruin the institution of marriage. And the people on the liberal side of that were like, none of those things are going to happen. Right. They just want the same rights.
2: Well, And it was always, and, what's next? You're going to marry your dog <laughs> or and
0: your what, car or And whatever. what
1: has happened since it became legal nationwide or even in Massachusetts and all the other states where it became legal? Mm-hmm. It's like, nothing changed. Everything was totally the same. No, like,
2: because when, it, like, I guess... It
1: showed that they were all liars and yeah. overblown and hyperbolic and bullshit artists. Yeah. And I think Unless everyone sees see, that now.
2: I think they see trans rights as part of that slippery slope, though.
1: Sure. But gay marriage is not; they're not going back and saying, it's like they're, "Okay, fine." Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how much support someone like a Kim Davis would get these days. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she would get some, I but think like still. even even that seems like she's an anomaly at this point.
2: Well, I was so, I was trying to look up like politicians who are still adamantly anti gay marriage, and I couldn't find it. Just I got a story about that up. actually. Coming oh, do up. you? Yeah. Well. I guess what the reason I... I mean, I want to talk about the story because that's very good news overall. But also, like, where does that leave Republicans who are still trying to bang that anti-queer drum?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Is this... Has it now really become more of a... Uh, like, it's, a shorthand of, like, oh, gay marriage. It's a shorthand for just the, quote-unquote, liberal agenda. And I did my quote fingers in yeah, person. Yeah, you did. Live.
1: I... I think, like, from why, do, the most... why do
2: they still have enough effort to be mad about this? And why do they think it's a valuable thing to keep harping on, even though it's obviously wildly unpopular at this point? I
1: don't think I even hear. I mean, there's some far right Christian right people who will still complain about gay people existing. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. There are some of those people out there. I think they just don't really talk. About mm. gay marriage. They talk about trans rights, bathrooms, sure. things like that. Athletics, the one time they care mm. about women in sports. <laughs> like, that's it. That's oh, what they a shifted to. Oh, you're a fan of the to.
2: WNBA. Are you Republicans? <laughs> yeah.
1: Name a player. <laughs> I dare exactly. you.
2: Name a team. <laughs> Name a team. I don't know about Chicago.
1: Sky. Where's the sky?
2: I said dream, which feels ethereally the same.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Worst feminist ever. <laughs> I know. So Why aren't
2: th- you th- in I think skylines. That's cooler. Do you think much, they need me too to much. too much? Sky means nothing. Yeah. Chicago isn't known for its fucking sky? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this is lunacy.
1: You should write them a letter. they <laughs>
2: are going to.
1: They uh <laughs> I don't think I've heard them talking about it as much. Like mm. they generally will talk about sin. They'll talk about like we want to uh, like listen to God's word and stuff, but they won't specifically call this out politically. Or
2: they'll throw marriage and scare quotes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a fun. And thing I've heard do. that
1: from Christian right groups. just yeah. not from a lot of politicians.
2: Yeah. So like where does... even Trump, even Trump, with Mike
1: Pence in hand, yeah. was like, "No, I'm a friend to LGBTQ people." Like he lied. But well, even yeah. he knew, he like, talking. yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Like, that he thought was a selling point for him.
2: Yeah, and I think people did kind of say that in primaries of, like, oh, yeah, Trump is a monster, but at least he's not anti-gay people. And it right. turns out he is anti whoever he feels like that day.
1: <laughs> Remember the log cabin Republicans, like, the three people who are gay and Republican are like, see?
2: What's going see? on with the atheist Republicans that you're sparring with online? There's like four of them, right? There, are you bully Hammond? Are you bullying people online?
1: No, I just Hemant. Quote, I just quote them. And then I laugh at them and I do it publicly <laughs> and it's glorious. It's,
2: it's like Hemant, that sounds like I, bullying, but <laughs> I don't know what to tell you.
1: My favorite one this week was when the Republican atheist groups are like I'm paraphrasing because it's not in front of me. They were like, Oh, you know liberals when they're like raising their fists or politicians are raising their fists in solidarity with the marchers and I'm like, Don't worry. Like, I got your side covered. Here's Josh, Josh Hawley. Holly. Wearing, waving his fist at the rioters. Which,
2: here's the thing, is everybody looks really dope when they have a fist in the air, except for Josh Hawley. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost impressive how uncool he looked doing a fist in the air.
1: Only he found a way to ruin it. I know. So, okay, stemming off of that story. Yes. Uh, last week... Ronna Romney McDaniel, the chair of the Republican Party.
2: Ronna Romney McDaniel? She doesn't
1: say the Romney part out loud, but she is related. Oh, is she
2: Adam Romney? Uh-huh.
1: Okay. She is a, she is a Romney. Uh-huh. She just doesn't want you to know that.
2: Did she he's... marry into or out of the Romney oh, that's family? That's a good
1: question. I don't remember. That's not, okay. But um, I think she was in it to begin with I mean, and married out of fair, it. To be fair, statistically,
2: uh-huh. any white person you meet is probably a Romney because they ha- <laughs> they've made a lot of us. <laughs>
1: Nicely done. So, Ronna McDaniel, the chair of the Republican Party, tweeted uh, last week, Happy Pride Month! At GOP is proud to have doubled our LGBTQ support over the last four years, and we will continue to grow our big tent by supporting measures that promote fairness and balance protections for LGBTQ Americans and those with deeply held religious beliefs. Have you ever heard of someone getting ratioed? On Twitter. Yes. Because.
2: Race, being ratioed on Twitter is just a real joy to watch. This essentially it means. a textbook example. <laughs> essentially. So if you're not on Twitter, when you tweet something, you get likes, you get retweets, and you get comments. And to be ratioed on Twitter means more people cut, replied to your tweet than liked it because they're just like, enough people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Nobody liked it. They all just complained about it. And, and the, it's a Glorious thing to watch. And the
1: beautiful thing about this tweet is she got Hubbard's pushback ratio. from every side. Because you had the liberals like,
2: what do you mean the
1: GOP is supporting LGBTQ people? You guys oppose every like <laughs> you civil rights. Ra- me
2: personally for some. You reason. oppose
1: the Equality Act, which <laughs> is sitting in the Senate right now, mm-hmm. which unless they get rid of the filibuster isn't gonna pass. Like you actively fight trans kids no matter what they're doing. Kids. Kids. Mm-hmm. No matter what they're doing with the bathroom bills. And when you say we want to balance protections, you're saying we want Christian business owners to be able to not sell gay people stuff Mm -hmm. that they would sell to straight people. That's what the Republican Party stands for. And if you look at their platform, which they didn't write in 2020, they're just like whatever Trump wants. So you have to go back to 2016. That thing is even harsher on gay people. Like it's they're The GOP is not gay friendly, no. and here she is during Pride Month. Like, look, we're right there with you to the three. Do you think it's naive,
2: or do you think it's lying?
1: I think she's stupid enough to think we are I think the so party too. of all people, yeah. and we support all. We love black people in the Republican love Party. Black like that's people. Also we killed something. our
2: favorite one.
1: <laughs> so that's from our <laughs> side. You know that's coming from our side. Here's Tony Perkins of the hate group, the Family Research Council. Uh If McDaniel was looking for a way to end her party's record-breaking fundraising, she nailed it. Right now, there are a few things she or any Republican could have said that would have been more tone-deaf and offensive than applauding the woke agenda her base is trying to combat. He's mad because he thinks she was too nice to LGBTQ people.
2: Yeah, I mean it. Re- like the GOP has really dug itself between a rock and a hard place because she, I would argue, from like a marketing and imaging perspective, was doing the right thing, saying, assuming she believed it, and I, th- I, I, I would, I would bet she does. If you're dumb enough to be in charge of the Republicans, you actually think those ideals are good and not terrible, which they are. Um, but like uh, that is how you expand your base is you welcome new groups and all like the GOP by
1: doing things to actually welcome new groups.
2: Yes, of course it was lip service and no action behind that. I am not I'm not <laughs> arguing that at all. I'm not saying this is a good tweet. What I'm saying is that inclination is what the GOP should be running toward. Yeah. If they want to yeah. re up their base, there are people who they could pick off if they, you know, pick off of the left. If they were more pro gay, if they actually did the small government thing that they purport to do,
1: instead of using that to just cover up exactly. for all the racist and bigoted stuff,
2: they right? Do. And so what they're facing now is the GOP. If if officials from the GOP like condemned what she said, they are telling us all we're not expanding who we are accepting either. Fucking line up or don't. And so in twenty years. Who is joining that group? Like, there's only so many white, ki- rich white kids who are born every year who turn eighteen and can become a Republican. There's a lot more of the liberals around, so it's just she was she was naive and completely wrong. The GOP is wronger.
1: I wanted to mention a couple of the responses. This is from Jenna Ellis, one of Trump's lawyers, Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> former lawyers. I don't know what she does now. This is wrong, GOP chairwoman. We are, or used to be, a party of conservative principles and traditional values. I and millions of decent faith-based Americans decent. will never endorse a leftist immoral agenda. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. all McDaniel said was, happy Pride Month. Yeah. That's what Jen Ellis is mad about. And the Illinois Family Institute, another <laughs> hate, hate group. This is, this is the best one. To have the head of the Republican Party celebrate the egregious sins of homosexuality and cross-sex impersonation should shock and outrage Republicans.
2: Cross-sex and... In- drag they're,
1: queens? They're always trying to find new ways to shit on trans people, and this is... They're, like, Wait, testing they it out. Are talking
2: about trans people or are you talking about drag queens? Well, I
1: think they think they're talking about trans people. They
2: think tra- trans people and drag queens are the same thing. Yes. I just realized.
1: Yes. Um, LGB, in quotation marks, and T-activism, those are separate for them, pose the (laughs) (laughs) greatest threat to First Amendment protections of speech and religious exercise ever posed in American history, dot, 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 with unprincipled myopic pragmatists like that, who needs enemies?
2: Dang. Uh, This is like they have three members, all of
1: whom are in their 80s.
2: They're just. I mean, I, what is the GOP's long-term plan? How do they expect to continue to build a coalition by wanting nobody but themselves to be in it? This is like. This that's is like the weird thing.
1: Daniel note- is awful. As a human, sure. But she, even she understands what you're saying here. Like, well, we need to make sure everyone thinks they're welcome in our party, yeah. even as we absolutely don't promote policies that help them. She knows the strategy there. Yeah, we want to grow our base. We got to get bigger. And all these groups that are hardcore on her side are like, "What are you doing? We don't want those people here." Right the room. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's kind of like how I do not like white men and do not want them to listen to this podcast, but I do understand (laughs) that that. to build up listenership, I do need to welcome in straight white men, which is, you know, a challenge for me, but I try. I think I'm really brave.
1: Wasn't there a clip of McDaniel speaking to a, a group of Republicans in some state somewhere and someone said like, what are you doing to overturn the election or something? And she's like, I'm paraphrasing, but she's like, well, there was nothing wrong with the election. He just lost. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, and everyone got mad at her for being like, why aren't you playing into the lie? What are you doing? Because she's trying to look forward, like, how do we expand our numbers in 2022? And everyone's like, no, 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 backwards. Go back to the 2020 election. Remember how
2: happy we were in in 2009 when we could just complain about our black president? Wasn't that fun? Let's do that again.
1: These are the same people who are still mad about the 2016 election that they won. So,
2: These are people who think that George W. Bush was the glory days. Like, they are not, they don't have any space to have any opinions. Also, They're all bad.
1: This is important to note. When McDaniel says, like, we've doubled our support over the past four to years. To six people? Yeah. To what? To what? From what to what? You did not explain that. And the lack of numbers there mm-hmm. says a lot.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Doubled our support. <laughs> bless her heart i uh,
1: one more story about the same topic because it also amused me this is not from the gop this is from burger king that, what, what,
2: Sorry, <laughs>
1: burger king is introducing a new chicken sandwich it's called the King i don't know
2: i'm so sorry that was so loud on the mic but just burger king was the last that's word how you do expecting. a
1: goddamn transition <laughs> so burger king is introducing a new burger it's a chicken sandwich. I know nothing about it because it's not my food. chicken
2: sandwich wars are raging around us.
1: So here's their tweet that they posted Donald's last week. The McDonald's one is week. dope. Yeah. <laughs> the Chaking says, Terrible. LGBTQ plus rights. That doesn't even make sense, but there you go. All right. During Pride Month, even on Sundays, eyes emoji. What does that mean? Your chicken sandwich craving can do good. We're making donation to, to uh, the human rights campaign. Cool. HRC for every chicken sold.
2: Wish Up it to two hundred. I know,
1: two hundred fifty thousand dollars tops. They're saying we will donate that to HRC if you buy our new sandwich. Mm. It's a marketing campaign. Fine. Now going back to the most interesting line here: during Pride Month, even on Sundays, that's a smack slap in the face to uh, Chick Fil A, which is closed on Sundays,
0: of course,
1: and sells probably the more popular chicken sandwich. Yeah. So they're like, well, we're open. We'll sell ours on Sundays that's too.
2: Extremely amusing.
1: Very amusing um it also followed i don't it's know what if,
2: we call subtweeting
1: <laughs> yes it also follows the news last week from the daily beast that the owner Chick-fil-A of chick-fil-a still, dan cathy yeah. in his personal capacity still donates to groups that are trying to rip away lgbtq rights the chain itself which has this like nonprofit arm mm-hmm. stopped doing that right. a while ago but the guy who owns the place who still gets a cut of the money right. is us- in his personal capacity is giving his money to hurt gay people <laughs> Um, So Burger King uh, expressed its solidarity, and a spokesperson for Burger King said, this is a community, speaking of LGBTQ people, this is a community we love dearly and have proudly supported over the years, so we couldn't miss an opportunity to take action and help shine a light on the important conversation happening, (laughs) which is, okay, that's all amusing. I was totally (laughs) amused by the eye eye roll at Chick-fil-A. Here's where I'm just. It wasn't
2: an eye roll, it was side eye. Side eye. Come thank it. you, You're sorry. So old.
1: <laughs> How much credit do you give them for this? And this is what I wanted to ask you because I love the story. Yeah. They're topping out contributions at $250,000, which, which, isn't which that much. for a company for like that, Burger King. <laughs> yes, it's a drop in the bucket. Um, it is a marketing campaign. Of course course it is. To say like, hey, we're open on Sundays. Come get our sandwich. Mm -hmm. Of course that's a marketing campaign. They're not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Mm -hmm. And also, if you are, I think people might be like, why are you giving to one specific group like HRC? Which is, uh, they do fine work. I know people who work there. It's fine. Yeah. Um, But there are other ones. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's... Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's more... I, I feel like the HRC really, like, hit its peak in, like, 2012. Which <laughs> not, is... It is I'm not, not even, a criticism. Not even
1: knocking them. No,
2: um, not a criticism of them at all. The it feels a little old.
1: This is not a, we want to support LGBTQ people, so we are doing this gesture. It's a, what could we do yep. to to promote our sandwich? Well, one thing we could do is make a donation to a group, which no one would have cared about, because for, for Burger King, it's mm-hmm. a drop in the bucket. Mm-hmm. But let's do it while we, like shit on Chick-fil-A yeah. in the process, of course. that will get a lot of unearned... I'm sorry, unpaid, like, publicity, free publicity for us. Including
2: on this very podcast. Um, we'll wait, we're waiting for a check, Burger yeah. King. Okay, Keep in
1: mind, keep in mind, also, a couple months ago, Burger King had a tweet where they made a sexist joke about how a woman's place is in the kitchen.
2: I did forget about and then, <laughs> that.
1: And in Fuck. response, they're like, don't worry, we're doing a scholarship program to help women. The answer was two women. They gave scholarships uh, to... Like, it's, it's performative. I'm not it's looking to, to I, solve our problems, but let's, don't go overboard with, and not you, in general, because I right. saw so many people acting like, yes, this is amazing. It's fine. It's fine. It's nice. It's, it's cute on Twitter. It's a calm
2: down moment. Okay. <laughs> I actually would love to have a conversation with, I didn't ask, do you have a heart out? Yeah. Okay. Um, My kids can wait. They're fine. <laughs> they, they probably really raise each other at this point. They're in the car. <laughs> Are the windows cracked? I'll send Daddy out to babysit. Um, I would love to have a conversation with you about um, about Pride Month when it comes to like businesses all of a sudden making their all of their logos rainbow. <laughs> yeah, can you tell me how? Because I have very specific <laughs> feelings about it, and I would love to hear yours. And I'm kind of mad. There isn't. I'm gonna open. What When it's round a company
1: that has nothing to do with it? It's, it strikes me as weird when it's a company that like. When it's like a gas company, it's like they're anti-climate change. They're anti-everything that we stand for. And they're like, we support Pride Month. Here's our rainbow. It's like, no, no, you don't get to... Like, it's one thing for Oreo to say, look, Pride Month, cookie. <laughs> I don't care. I'm glad you think it's good for your business to support Pride Month. That's a nice thing. But like when, I don't know, BP does it, it's like, you know what? You're not really helping. Why don't you stay out of this? There are better ways to support Nobody asked people. Nobody asks you, BP. No one, you don't yeah. even go here. <laughs> but then when it's a company that, like, again, when McDaniel is doing it for the GOP, it's like, come on. You're not supportive of Pride Month. You're yeah. just hopping on the bandwagon.
2: Like, So, mm. so I 12,000% agree with everything you just said. Um, sorry, can you hear me opening this bottle of I wine? I
1: Everyone hears you opening this bottle of wine. Well,
2: I have some thoughts and I have some wine. Yes. Um, so I... You're right. I want to start with that. You are absolutely right that when BP makes their fucking logo <laughs> rainbow, they you get the I'm, I'm idea. sure they did, um, it, it's kind of bullshit. However, and I, let me preface this with reminding everybody that I'm deeply anti-capitalist and feel like capitalism is slowly just ruining everything that's going on in this country. However, it is also the circumstance under which we live our life. And to me, it is completely cynical. It is companies saying, hey, listen, this gay pride thing ain't going away anytime soon, so we might as well try to appeal to this group because they seem to be growing. Mm-hmm. And while I see that for the cynicism that it is, also it means that that the LGBTQ movement and that pride in general has become so pervasive that BP, which is not a great example because I don't... Who knows? Yeah. BP thinks it is better for their brand to support gay rights yeah. than to yeah. be anti-gay rights. And so while I don't think what BP is doing, again, placeholder, is like, quote-unquote, brave or even especially helpful... Like, if
1: Uber or Lyft did it, it's like, oh, you support... Then pay your drivers more because right. I'm exactly. sure a lot of them work for you.
2: Exactly. That That's exactly right. Like, uh, companies are all garbage. But if people... Like, if... Old men who have MBAs are saying, listen, this gay thing is here to stay. That means we have to lean into it the way the GOP so the should that the be, GOP be doing it. the GOP
1: thinks it needs right. to be on that side even as I it isn't.
2: While it is not a good thing that they do it, it is a sign of good things yeah. that, that gay pride is no longer this weird like back alley thing that people complain about. It's now fully mainstream.
1: Yeah. That's right what I have right, to say yeah. about that. Let me give a shout-out to our other sponsor for this episode. It's sponsored by Blue Chew, which is an online service that sells products designed to help you combat erectile dysfunction using the same active ingredients found in Viagra and Cialis. Best of all, you could do everything privately, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line anywhere. It ships right to you in a discreet package. If you could benefit from that extra confidence... Uh, Go to BlueChew.com, speak with one of their licensed medical providers, and after you're approved, they will send you the prescription. Check out their website for more information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. If you use the promo code FriendlyAtheist, one word, at checkout, you could try it for your first month free after paying for shipping. That is bluechew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Go there for more details and important safety information, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
2: Thank you, Blue Chew.
1: I got one uh, last story for you here, which is... uh, It made me question things. Oh, God. (laughs) There's a group called the Nevada Family Alliance, which... Another one of those right-wing Christian. They steal stick, all the good words. Yeah, we're sticking family into yeah. our name so you think we are good people. We're not. <laughs> um, they're head of uh, everything. It's like a one-person group. Her name is Karen England. She said... Karen
2: England is a fake white person name.
1: <laughs> she issued a press release this week. Um, here's what she wants to do. She hates critical race theory or what she thinks it is, which is her way of saying I don't want kids learning about racism <laughs> sure. or they might learn that we're a racist country mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then white people like me will blame will be blamed for everything and my kids deserve better. That's what she was afraid of, mm-hmm. and she was trying to say we shouldn't be teaching that in public schools, which means we shouldn't be teaching history or literature or anything that reminds them of what we've done.
2: Well, you got to stick to the canon. It's got (laughs) to be only white guys that you read. It's just how the canon is. So this
1: is what she wrote in the press release. Uh, Creating a record that could be viewed by appropriate parties, if necessary, might be the best way to urge teachers to stick to traditional teachings. And how does she want to do that? She said, we should put body cams on teachers in schools.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy sh... Sorry, I was she not wants ready to be fully leveled. To, she,
1: she is calling for body cams in the classroom. Uh, she, this is the beginning of the press release. With more and more teachers choosing indoctrination over education, one parent rights activist has a novel proposal. Make teachers wear body cameras.
2: I love everybody's solution to anything in schools is like give them more technology like ma'am schools are barely functioning right now where are we getting this money this is a
1: good point yeah schools barely have enough money to give kids the stuff they need teachers are going out of pocket to pay for supplies and everything
2: after she thinks Sandy Hook they're like let's give them guns like are you (laughs) donating guns?
1: Yeah, where are they getting enough money for these high tech cameras oh for every single teacher? Every one of them. And, like, <sighs> can you imagine what would happen if there was a history teacher who's talking about the Civil War and turns off the body cam for like five minutes? Oh, the outrage.
2: It was about slavery. <laughs> they say states' rights, but they meant states' rights to hold slaves. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. It's so she didn't, ta- she didn't
1: mention any costs. She didn't mention the Why logistical body problems. body
2: cams instead of classroom cameras?
1: Same same deal for her. I body think cams she- are
2: a wild thing to say, Hemet. <laughs> she said,
1: um, like, uh, we expect that the teachers' unions will reject this proposal <laughs> oh, immediately. Oh, do you? But we should ask what they have to hide. If police do a better job interacting with the public when they're wearing body cameras, how much more important is it for teachers to do the same? Listen, (laughs) if you're a parent who thinks you're going to scan body cam footage to see what your kid learned in history class, take that time and, like, talk to your kid and you'd be a better parent.
2: I would say take that time and go see a therapist because... (laughs) You have some control issues that you need to address, and it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility.
1: Do they understand, like, the problem in school is kids aren't listening (laughs) to their teachers in the first place, (laughs) but they think these teachers are going to say something in the classroom that is going to make these kids so understanding of race (laughs) that it would basically drive them away from the Republican Party for life. That's what they're afraid of. Well,
2: and what's interesting is people who criticize critical race theory or as... As (laughs) as <laughs> you've said several times they as they it. understand it i've never i have yet to hear somebody say that anything that would be included under such a curriculum curriculum would be untrue right like they never say no no, no you're going to be telling lies to our kids they just say no we don't need well they think,
1: n- think the lie is that we have systemic racism or that ra- like, oh, we have civil rights in this country, so you know, we don't need affirmative action, we don't need yeah, but any. But we had
2: the civil rights movement, and that was in my parents' generation. Like, and it's not everything like it happened did not in the get the 1840s. Yeah,
1: and they have I mean, no idea worse. that the injustices that took place hundreds of years ago still have an effect today, and they don't want kids knowing that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the, the, I, there's so many <sighs> assumptions that this crazy woman is making that teachers would get body cams, that anyone would pay for them,
2: that anyone would watch I this would just stuff. just about to say, no like, you're a parent. Are you going to watch your kids' fucking social studies class? Yeah, do you
1: think they were paying attention on Zoom classes all year? I didn't Come pay on. attention
2: when I was a student. Why would I pay attention if my kids are students? And
1: and they think they're... Oh, my God. Which parents are coming home saying I'm going to watch the footage of all your classes?
2: That's- Ew, can you... Okay, imagine a dystopian future where you had, like, nightmare parents... And you came home from class and your parents made you rewatch all of your classes oh, to make God. sure you got it. Doesn't that feel oh. like like the next step for like really strict, I'm going to say Indian parents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> accurate, accurate. And yeah, there's yeah. no way my parents would have watched any of my classes. They wouldn't have but understood. Would they have sat you
2: down and like made you? They wanted you to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no, You've disappointed them so much. I have. Listen, me too. It's okay. I don't, don't think... Kiss, we're all disappointments.
1: Kiss, they would not have... No, this is, here, we'll play to the stereotype. They would not have cared what I learned about in history class because that's not an important one.
2: Oh, interesting. They'll
1: watch the body cam for the math class. They they do not care about what I learned in history or English.
2: Interesting. Would not have affected me one bit. I did not consider that, like it was your folks that were very like STEM focused no, before mine that were, was no mine were totally <laughs>
1: they did not give a shit they were fine
2: <laughs> my dad actively made fun of me when I added an anthropology minor onto my, <laughs> to my lit degree so we all have parents this
1: is why it's good to have your own kids like they've all the frustration they had with me—they can just wash away now. They no longer care about me.
2: Honestly, now
1: my, all of that pressure is on the grandkids.
2: My parents who like are my, three. My, my, yeah, my, my my parents like my three-year-old niece so much more than they've ever liked me. It's really nice to yeah, see they're not she kind of looks like me, so it feels good to see them being nice.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was a joke. She actually looks just like my brother, which is <laughs> off-putting. Have you ever seen? Okay. My niece just turned one, and the moment she was... I've always thought all babies look the same. Yeah. My one-year-old niece looks like she's wearing a Kevin mask. She looks just like my (laughs) brother, and it's genuinely weird for me. Like, the first time I saw her, I was like, holy shit. That's my brother as a baby. It's really off-bidding. is weird. It is weird, but I don't know. We're all really suspicious that the baby doesn't look like the mom, so (laughs) we'll see how that goes. (laughs)
1: That one's going to be harder to pin down. Yeah, yeah, that's back. a tricky
2: one. That's a tricky one. I know she didn't drink for nine months, so who knows?
1: <laughs>
2: oy, oy, oy Is oh, that it? There's another done? story about... Oh, let's talk about it. I'm na- having fun.
1: There's a Noah's Ark uh, replica that's not the one in Kentucky.
2: Why are they so fucking obsessed with Noah's Ark? All right,
1: here's the rundown of the history you need to know. In 2018 in the Netherlands, some dude... Rich guy built his own version of Noah's Ark. It was like a traveling museum of sorts. Imagine Ken Ham's sure. Noah, Ark Encounter, but, it's but on like the wheels. it's actually in the water. Oh,
0: yeah, this
1: is a real boat. But as soon as it was unleashed in 2018, it started crashing into the docks and everything. Yeah, and it was boats chaos. Are hard. Yeah, um, it that's was, why it
2: seems really unlikely that. Two adults created an entire arc. I'm going to
1: come around to this (laughs) side. Here's a picture of that boat crashing into all the other boats in 2018. (laughs) That's a real thing.
2: Those rich people are so mad.
1: (laughs) So that boat caused problems at first, and then, I don't know what the deal they did with those ships to crash into, but then the boat's back up. (laughs) Their insurance premiums went up. (laughs) It's doing its thing, and then it's back in the news... Because now, like, it's just been functioning as a museum. Uh-huh. And then it docked in a city out, off the coast of England. And it's been there ever since. And now it's not allowed to leave. The British government says the boat is too unsafe for you to go into the waters again because, like, you're going to hurt people. Yeah. Literally. And so we, has, we cannot, it's like saying we can't give you a license. You're drunk. Like, we're the government, was... we're allowed to not give you a license, so the British government's like, your boat can't leave until you pass some tests here. Is it
2: like when your when you're car mechanic is like, I can't you let you leave on these brakes, and you're like, fuck you, you're not my mom. So,
1: there's like, quote unquote, an impossible stalemate. There's <laughs> wrangling between British and Dutch authorities. Wait, um,
2: where's this boat? From
1: uh, from the Netherlands.
2: It's from the Netherlands, and it ended up off the coast. It's of currently England. on
1: in England, and it that can't smells. leave and it has to pay like a five hundred uh, euro fine
2: per, per day.
1: Shit, and like they have no choice right now. It's like the one that was stuck in the Suez Canal or something. Like it's, it's you're like here, that. you're not blocking anything. This Noah's Ark one, but it just but you're taking up me. one of their. Oh my god! It cracked me up that this boat that's supposed to save all of humanity in the great flood. It's like we can't let you on the water because you cannot float. (laughs) You're gonna hurt everybody. You're a threat to society. So you just (laughs) until you fix your shit, Uh you just gotta stay here and not move. Like
2: that's the metaphor
1: I've been longing to hear forever. Okay, the Noah's Ark vessel is a safety hazard.
2: What do you think is funnier? Objectively, this story, which is extremely funny, or that time that um, that Noah movie got delayed because there was too much <laughs> rain, which I hated that movie.
1: Oh, that was that was What true. was that fucking
2: guy's name? I hate that director. Oh my God, I
1: can't remember who directed that one. But yeah, that happened. They had to shut down production because of rain. Yeah. Temporarily.
2: Noah. Um,
1: this one's amusing because I don't know how this one ends. Like, that movie eventually came out. I don't know what they're going to do with this boat. Oh,
2: it's Darren Aronofsky was the um, director, and he's maybe my least favorite director working today. I think he's a fucking monster and hates women for some reason. I
1: can't believe Ken Ham won the Noah's Ark Wars against this Oh, my
2: God, he did. I mean, it does feel like kind of a cop-out that the Noah's Ark in Kentucky... I'm going to Kentucky next month! Should I go? Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway... Please I, I do live think it, stream
1: it for us all.
2: <laughs> I do feel like it's sort of a uh, a cop out that that the, the Ark and arc Encounters is dry docked. Like, put it in water, you fucking coward.
0: <laughs> Show me how
2: you carried two male lions and they procreated all the fucking lions we know. I do love that like, every time you see a children's book, it's always the lions and they both have manes because kids are idiots. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Oh, boy. Oh. Christianity sure is fun to make fun of, huh?
1: We've been doing this podcast for how many years now? So
2: many yes. years. Right. The most. This is my longest job I've ever had. <laughs> Although I, I didn't start getting paid for it for, until like three years ago.
1: <laughs> Congratulations. Thank
2: you. I'm where really do we, proud of it. Where do we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jess Bloomkey. Um, you can also find me on Etsy at Bitches Get Stitched Done. I've gotten so many custom orders. They've been really wonderful and fun to work on. And I'm a little behind, but everybody's like, whatever, which is great. It's super fun to work with y'all. Um, my other podcast is Cooper Duper that I do with my husband. We are through the show, Twin Peaks, and we are into David Lynch's uh, film catalog. So the one that came out yesterday was Dune. Do you know anything about them? Have you read the book Dune? No. Do you, you don't like sci-fi, do you? No. Do you read fiction? What do you do Fiction for or
1: non-fiction?
2: Fiction. I is don't
1: f- really read fiction.
2: Yeah. Oh, actually, which reminds me, Casey McQuiston's new novel, One Last Stop, which is the uh, follow-up to Red, White, and Royal Blue, which I talked about at length on the show just came out. I read it in 24 hours. I adored it. I just want to curl up and live in that world. I'm um, just promoting Casey McQuiston for no specific reason. Anyway, um, Yes, those are all my things. If you want something cross-stitched, just, I guess, hit me up. I haven't worked on I can give you. some
1: good news uh, that I told Jess earlier. Oh. I've been working on crosswords forever. This oh. is my pandemic stuff. I got one accepted, finally. Mm-hmm. It'll be in the Wall Street Journal soon
2: I at some point. I did not know the Wall Street Journal did crosswords. Uh-huh.
1: And, um... <laughs> Hopefully, another New York Times one coming in the near future. Fingers crossed. We'll see.
2: It took me like an hour and a half to finish your last one. And Excellent. I was not as embarrassed about that as I should. And I cheated hard. Like, I did the, like, let me know if I'm wrong thing. And it was like, <laughs> Jess, honey. <laughs> nice. Because I sent it to you. like, oh, I know. That color means you cheated. I was like, of course <laughs> I cheated. I'm a literal idiot. <laughs> I will
1: tell you, though, uh, as excited as I am about all this, I just want everyone to know I have had a run of about nine rejections in a row. And every time it's just like, all right. They, the thing about submitting these things is they're very specific about what they don't like. Mm. And what that does is it teaches me how to be a better self censor. Mm-hmm. Like I can be like, Oh, they're, they're not going to say yes to this. Cause they got to fix this. Sure,
0: sure, 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 And so,
1: but it took like over a year's worth of just constant rejection to the point that anyone's kind of saying, yeah. Cause the first one I got in I like say, what- February of 2020, it was pretty much a fluke. And so now it's like, oh! But
2: you've been working on it for a long time before you got to the February one. Doing
1: them, not really writing them. Oh, and now writing them, it's like, nope, nope, nope. And it's like, I know you're right, but man, it's tough to get those rejections. Imagine, and finally, some of them are saying yes.
2: That's awesome. Imagine being so smart that the New York Times crossword puzzle is not enough of a challenge, and you need to create (laughs) your own. I am still struggling on the fucking minis. I'm deeply mediocre at, at <laughs> um, crosswords, which is fine.
1: I'll let you know when they're out. I don't know when. Yeah, no,
2: we'll, we'll definitely post it.
1: Find me at Hemant Meta on Twitter. You can go to FriendlyAtheist.com. Please, if you like this show, go to Patreon.com. Slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Give five bucks a month. You get ad-free versions. And there's a private Facebook group for anyone who's listening who's a fan of the show.
2: Yes. um, I actually have been dipping in there a lot. I asked some people about tips on Denver and things like that. I also, as ever, would love to read a... um, There it is. A rating, which I wasn't vamping to find it. I was just talking the way I normally talk. Okay. This one is... Well, it says Jessica and Heman are I N C R ellipses, and there's no way for me to. I hope it says incredible. It could be incredulous. <laughs> Jessica and Heman are incredulous. Increasingly
1: irritating.
2: <laughs> um, it's from Mad Met Ta... M A D, it doesn't matter, five stars. <laughs> Love the podcast. Heman's the brains behind the topic, but Jessica's the heart. Don't let dumb white men take the win out your sale. Good news, Maddo said, I don't, and I don't ever. And I got a lot of, um, I got a few instances of not all men in my Twitter feed. And guys, if your tweet at me is, hey, not all men are X, just like just like read <laughs> Google not all men and read two articles before you tweet me. It's all I'm asking. And then we can have a fun, neat debate about (laughs) whether or not white men need to have their feelings protected more. Okay, Um, that's all I have.
1: All right, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye.